Welcome to Machine Learning. I want to talk about empathy. You know, empathy is putting yourself in the place of another person and trying to feel what they feel. Versus sympathy is, I feel sorry for your situation. Um, it's unfortunate that you have to go through this. Um, I wouldn't like it if I had to go through what you're going through. Those are sympathetic statements, but empathy is really trying to understand the other person's feelings. And you're comforting them and uplifting them by gaining an understanding of what they're feeling. You're not necessarily solving their problem, but you're you're attempting to understand what they feel. You're not trying to be right. You don't have a an ego in uh, competing against this person. You just want to understand what they are going through. And one of the nice things, if you can feel the sorrow that that person feels then they can sorrow for you, uh, with you when you need it. And, you know, you can see, step back and see what the truth is. Now that's the, the ultimate condition is not necessarily to sit back and not say anything because you're afraid or it's uncomfortable but instead seek the truth. And if you can seek the truth and speak it when you see it fairly and honestly and in a way that covers what you see quickly, doesn't go out in long uh, branches of, of thought, then you're a person who can influence the outcome of any situation. And, and that's a gift. And so, this ability to invest in empathy is something that um, the Savior often did. He didn't walk around and cast judgment always on people who are suffering saying that this is the be upon this individual because of the sins of the parent. Even though that was a common myth of the time that if a person was plagued with some infirmity, that it was God punishing them because of the sins of their parents. And so it was very unfair and it left people with a lot of resentment towards God because what had they done to deserve this misfortune uh, caused by their sins of their parents. And yet it was an easy way for people to pass judgment on other people saying that there was something evil about this individual that had been infer inflicted with an infirmity. 
Maybe they were lame. Maybe they were blind. Maybe they were deaf. And yet the Lord understood their situation. He understood the suffering that they were going through. And he could be honest with them. In the case where the man was asked to go and put mud on his eyes and then wash in the water, the man was required to act before he received the miracle. The Lord could have healed him immediately, as he had done with other cases or situations where he touched people's eyes and they were immediately, their their sight was restored. But it, you can see his understanding of what that person needed, that not only did they need to be relieved of their infirmity, but they also needed to exercise their faith. And sometimes that exercising of faith is a gift, a greater gift than maybe even the miracle. Because now you're learning to act on truth. And that is a powerful principle. It is a powerful um, realization of how we overcome all things in this world. It is through the gift of faith, which comes from God, and he, being the master teacher, taught the man who was blind how to exercise his faith by acting. In the worlds we have today, we have so much uncertainty. We have financial crises, we have people who are, because of COVID, very antisocial, angry, bitter uh, individuals who have lost family members and they suffer in regret and remorse and it's a toxic poison that drains their soul. But we don't have to live in that purgatory. We can escape that through faith. And even in the worst situations, we can find opportunities to have hope and to act on that hope. And that is a gift of the Spirit. The gift of the Spirit to pray to Heavenly Father and have impressions come to our minds, powerful impressions that can touch our heart and allow us to have hope enough that we are willing to surrender our will to God, meaning to let Him lead our path through life. You know, even Christ was stripped of his dignity. He had a crown of thorns put on his head. Must have been excruciating pain. I don't even want to try to describe that. I, I've, I've had a thorn before. It hurt terribly. Um, and that was just a single one. And it was not 
placed anywhere near my head. It just happened to be a type of bush. I once stepped on a, a pin, and that was excruciating pain. Uh, I just can't even fathom what he would have gone through. And then to be whipped with the tail of um, the whip of nine tails with hard pieces of bone or glass in it, tearing the flesh, and then subject to carrying the cross. All these things were designed to destroy the dignity of Christ and then to have the plaque put above his head, King of the Jews. What manner of man was he that he could endure such uh, persecution and yet even in the moment of strong mockery where his dignity was supposedly being stripped, he maintained his self-identity as Savior of the world. And that should cause all of us to reflect upon how much he loves us, that he would be willing to go through that suffering and then suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane, but also again on the cross, suffering the full weight of the atonement, all our sins, infirmities, uh, pressed upon him. Individual summations of our existence our life existence pressed upon him. And yet he opened not his mouth. And I find that attribute about Christ very humbling. I'm very grateful to him. I would say that any person willing to do that level of sacrifice for another person has to deeply love that person more than they love their own life. And so I know I'm grateful to Christ that he was willing to do that for for me, my family, and for you. You know, it's important that we do not give up our pen because others may say I'm not as you are not as good as I am. Um they may make comparatives towards us mockery, sarcasm, trying to tear us down. And as long as you don't give up that pin, you maintain your identity of yourself and that becomes your truth. You should never talk negatively about yourself. If you have bad behaviors, you can always correct them. Now, what about the people that have been damaged seriously by pornography or by addictions and now they have these compulsions and behaviors that are murderous or they would commit rape or incest, terrible things. What about them? Is there any hope for them? And the answer is, I don't know. Maybe there isn't, you know, maybe they have passed the line that they can't return. They will go to purgatory, um, cast out in outer darkness. I guess it all depends on their situation and their knowledge and whether or not they were rebellious to God. But even at the worst possible moment, 
maybe they cannot escape the consequences of their decisions and behaviors. I'm not trying to absolve a killer. If he did commit a crime, he should pay for that crime. There has to be a punishment affixed. Justice has to be served. But will he find eventual relief through the atonement? Can God heal his soul? I don't think it's impossible for the atonement to provide peace, even for those people who have committed terrible crimes. They have to pay for what they did. But I do know in cases where people have accidentally killed people and they felt terrible about it and they were sentenced to jail and they went to jail and the family of the grieving uh the the family that was grieving for the loss of their daughter made peace with the man who killed their daughter and they reason that he was a part of her continuity and they found purpose and they were willing to forgive and he was grateful that they were willing to forgive him and I believe that is the atonement acting on all parties to provide the peace and relief that they uh, desired. I've been working a lot on patience and love, and I feel like that patience is an attribute of faith. That when we have faith, we are patiently waiting and we are preparing and we are diligent and working towards that which we have hope for. In conclusion, it is a gift to understand another person's suffering. Christ understood other people's suffering. Buddha understood other people's suffering. Gandhi understood other people's suffering. Dalai Lama understood people's suffering. There are, and you could even say, Mother Teresa understood people's suffering. There are many people who did not seek fame or riches in their pursuit of understanding the human condition and through their actions reduced and alleviated suffering. It is a great gift to be able to provide relief for someone who is either without food, who is unclothed, uneducated, or without affection and love. And if we can reach out and touch those individuals, 
then we have touched the hem of the Savior.